0: Hello, hello, hello. It's me, Haley Kalani. This is my podcast, Letting It All Hang Out, a show where we bring together some truly badass people that make me want to get out and live life to the fullest, and hopefully inspire you to do the same. Today, I'm chatting with Sunil Gadzi. His story began when he was just five years old. His father told him that he couldn't have video games because they were too expensive, and yet something inside him told him to go door-to-door and raise money. $200 later, he eventually got his beloved video games. But Sunil noticed that when he ignored these somethings, some not so good things would happen. He wasted time in a career that wasn't meant for him, lost all of his life savings, and even delayed meeting a good friend, which unfortunately resulted in her being shot and killed. After spending thousands of hours on research and interviews, Sunil discovered that these somethings were actually signals that his intuition was sending him, and he realized that when he trusted this intuition, he made decisions that always led to success, but when he ignored it, he ended up making one bad decision after another. And now from his years of research, he's called to spread this message far and wide, Sunil's intuitionology project was created to help as many people change the way they make decisions by helping them sharpen their intuition to find success in every area of their lives. This conversation was, no joke, one of my favorites. I found myself sitting there being completely absorbed, and there is a ton of information to take away from this, so let's get into it. First of all, thank you for being on the show and agreeing to chat with me for a bit. And uh, I'm excited.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Me too. I'm looking forward to this opportunity.
0: Yeah, How's your day going so far?
1: Busy. I started at uh, basically 7 a.m. this morning. Um, Actually, earlier than that, I was up at about 3 a.m. I I get um, uh, marketing messages or or I think intuitively about a lot of my marketing in the middle of the night. And so I was up again. it's almost three, four times a week. So I was up about two in the morning, uh, for about an hour and a half. Then, um, finally fell asleep. Uh, then I was up at, uh, early because I had a seven o'clock podcast. So this is podcast number three. I've got five more today. Um, oh. my daughter's is actually, she's 14. She has a podcast series of her own. So she's interviewing someone today. Um, yeah. And then family time after that. Uh, and I'm going to try and keep my eyes open <laughs> to, to watch a movie with the kids or yeah. or do something. But yeah, it's a busy day. So, but it, but it's all exciting um, and have a team meeting later on today. So it, it's a full day, but I love it like this way. It's just the flow is amazing.
0: Yeah. Wow. I, I'm surprised, but not that surprised because productivity is sort of your whole thing. So you're like, it's busy, but it's productive. And it's yeah, what you want to be doing. Absolutely, So yep. that's really cool. I'm so happy to hear that for you. And Thank you. Yeah, man, three podcasts already. I have three podcasts today total. So you're my first oh. one. And oh, then fantastic. More after that. Excellent. Yeah. Um, but it's so funny. And I'm like, dang, like, are you um, a guest on on the rest of the ones yes. that you have today? Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, it's wow. been
1: it's been it's been pretty uh, amazing. So this this journey of being on podcast started about I think six weeks ago. So my marketing team said, Okay, Uh, next phase is getting on podcasts. So we dipped our uh, toe in the water and some other people have actually been on my podcast and they've said, Sunil, I got to go have you on mine. And so those have been sort of booked. Uh, And then one person knew three other podcasters and reached out to them. So they booked me and then a couple of people heard my story. So now they're saying, Sunil, I would love you for my listeners. And they all, it's different. So some are business, one, the first one this morning was founders and fathers. So we talked business and then also, What about kids? Um, uh, Some are just on sort of purpose, uh, spirituality, so different angles. And so how do we use that intuition uh, as an overarching message? And then how do we get specific for the listeners? And then uh, in most cases, sometimes we get into some of the the personal lives of the people that I'm um, interviewing or interviewing me because they've got an issue that they want to deal with. And so we work on, we talk about, you know, kind of, or they've been able to reflect and say, yeah, you know, as you're talking X Y Z has happened to me, or I've noticed the decisions I've made. So that's great because it's kind of in real time, um, uh, actually playing out what what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah! Wow, that's so cool. I love how it, that it's just a straight up, almost coaching session, right? Like throughout the whole experience yeah. of whatever yeah. the show is, or the podcast, or the conversation. It's funny How that usually winds up happening. So our little chit chats before you had mentioned so many exciting things that I'm ready to get into, but why don't you give us like a brief introduction of who you are and as we go on, we'll uncover more about you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Sunil Godsey. I'm the founder and CEO of Intuitionology Incorporated uh, or intuition.com and uh, just did a deep dive on intuition, Um, was really important how it's it's, uh, trusting it's really got me in the right places, opened the doors. Ignoring it got me into some devastating situations and really kind of itched the surface to find out why and how it can help the world, which is now what, what kind of my purpose is, to kind of change the way they make decisions uh, from something that they all are born with, which is subconscious. We just get so uh, you know inundated with noise and other people's opinions and et cetera, that we, we move away from who we are. Um, and I mean, life just becomes really, really good when you really Apply it. Uh, previous serial entrepreneur, management consultant, um, and yeah, just living exactly every day. Trust me, intuition. So,
0: beautiful, I love that. And you have this intuitionology. Did you make that up, or is that something that okay? I love it. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I love it. And you said something that, um, is really exciting that I'm ready to just like dive into tangents on. So, feel free to, you know, expand my knowledge today, but decision-making, it sounds like there's two types almost. You have like this subconscious decision-making that we're automatically doing. And then we have this conscious decision-making of like, okay, I got to make the right choice, you know, xyz whether it's with food or jobs or the level of importance can vary but how do we distinguish the two and start listening to both because it seems like intuition is obviously directly related to decision making and so how do we listen to that intuition to make better decisions consciously and subconsciously so that was a lot of spewing but go ahead and yeah hold up before we dive into the rest of the episode, I'm taking a quick moment to talk about today's sponsor, Naked Warrior Recovery. Naked Warrior Recovery is a Navy SEAL owned and operated CBD and recovery supplement company. William Bronham, the owner and CEO of Naked Warrior, started this company with a very clear initiative. Support the mental and physical recovery of veterans, first responders, athletes, and everyday humans that want to live more life with less resistance. A big reason why I love and respect Naked Boyer Recovery is that they know that the only way to perform at our highest potential is to allow our bodies and minds the opportunity to recover which y'all know by now I am all about so check out Naked Boyer Recovery at nw-recovery.com that's nw-recovery.com And get yourself a 20% discount on some high quality CBD products, super greens, and more by using the discount code Kalani20. That's K-A-L-A-N-I 20. K-A-L-A-N-I 20. Back to the show
1: yeah no problem so so uh, when i looked at the research and and a lot of it was when i was sort of answering the question about why did i want to answer why do i want to find out about intuition and if, if we start that as a base and we can kind of get into the research of it and so and this is really really reflective of everybody uh, so when you look back to the decisions that you've made there's good ones and bad ones and so the good ones and i remember specifically tied to intuition was when i was five years old and when i was five i remember there was these video games that uh, my I wanted, but my dad said they were too expensive. And I distinctly remember this voice telling me, uh, Sunil, so you know, go door to door to raise money. Uh, and I raised $200 as this five year old kid, lots of milk and cookies. Uh, $100 went to my dad and the other $100 went to charity because I felt really good about that. So I really remember these these some things that were kind of telling me guiding me what the decisions were. Uh, and I distinctly remember. That, so when I'm thinking, okay, when did I ignore this thing called intuition? And so I th- had three devastating situations happen. Um, as a South Asian male, uh, you know, there's four doors, career doors, that you go into, um, and the decisions are kind of made from other people you listen and societal rules and court and and you know cultural norms. And so there's doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure are the four doors. And I picked door number three, which was engineering. My dad was an engineer, and I hated it. Uh, you know, it was it was three years. Uh, it, two years into that three-year stint, I ended up becoming a part-time investor with a Mexican restaurant, and I was making five times more in dividends as an investor than I was you know, full-time as an engineer. So in my third year, I gave that up. I quit. Um, to, I followed my intuition. I sacrificed my dad's relationship, which was necessary, but I loved it. You know, Next thing you know, I had five, six ventures, $20 million in revenues, then ended up becoming a management consultant, uh, and then um, I had a contract that went bad. Uh, and the company didn't pay me. I spent every single penny going down there and I came back up penniless. Um, and so again, it might, it, something was telling me, uh, why, wh- why do, what are you doing with this contract? And then the ultimate devastating decision was when I was in engineering, I had a friend of mine who reached out to me because she was being stalked at the time. And she said, "Sidney, so, you know, I need some advice. And so this again, something was coming up saying, you need to meet with her that afternoon. And for some dumb reason, I said, let's meet a couple of days later. That, sock, that same stalker walked up to her the next day, uh, went to a bus shelter and put a bullet through her head and killed her instantly. And so now I really need to find out about what is this thing called intuition? Why did I ignore it? I lost a really good friend because of it. And so I looked at intuition as an art and science because all my decisions, I knew what the right decision was. I knew I was making the wrong decision. So intuition and you happened before I even made the decision because I felt these somethings, And so that was sort of the art part and I couldn't find a definition that really suited me. I and mean, there's lots of online definitions, but it just, it didn't sit with me. And everybody else at that time was talking about, you know, voice from God, spirituality, um, you know, from, coming from the cosmos and there's nothing wrong with those definitions for them. It didn't fit with me. And so when I looked at the science now, first of all, there's tens of thousands of articles I didn't realize. There. They're brain scans that came up. Um, uh, I, I was always under the impression that we're born with intuition if I had it at five. And sure enough, there is articles that saying that uh, infants as young as two months old have shown to have intuitive tendencies. Intuition happens at that time, seven to 10 seconds before we actually make a decision or take an action and recent neuroscience research that supposedly is coming out of University of Toronto because the research methodology has gotten better. That's as early as 23 seconds before we actually make a decision or take an action. That's how early it starts. Um, And so the, the other thing I realized that it hits the amygdala, which is your primitive area of the brain. There's no language there. It's just like you just feel like something's right or wrong. And so that's why there was no definition is because I didn't put a language around it. And that's why everybody has different ways of, of explaining it. Some people call it manifestation. Some people call it uh, living in the present moment. And, and and there's nothing wrong with those definitions because that, that's what's good for them. For me, it was very, very different. And the other thing I also just dis, uh, discovered is that there were things that were signals. And so there's positive signals and negative ones, and they're all different. So. My signals when I'm, when I'm trusting my intuition is it's like a flow where the dots are connecting. But some of my, the, the interviewees, I've interviewed over a thousand people now for my podcast series. A couple of them see like an orb or an omen. Um, you know That's not something I experience. When I get to negative feelings, uh, negative signals, I've got sort of this gut feeling or the hairs in the back of my neck stand up. Yet I've had one entrepreneur who didn't know what his feelings were. But as we start talking about the failures he got into – his left earlobe started getting hot. And now he distinctly remembers that every time he went into a venture that was the wrong one, his intuition would have his left earlobe get hot and he ignored it what? and he got into the ventures. Yeah. And, he, and wow. he remembers talking to his wife. Every time he talked to his wife, he's grabbing this ear and his wife's saying, What are you doing? He said, I don't know. My left earlobe's getting hot. So this is how unique it is. Uh, and the other thing that sometimes we talk very general about intuition, mm-hmm. like it's this voice or that gut feeling. Um, and I think w- what happens is this is why I really need to dig deep into intuition because that's a great thing to put on social media, but it's too general. Uh, and so what that means is because our signals are very unique, for example, and let's say you and I get a gut feeling for, and we're both making the same decision. Let's say everything's the same. Um, your gut feeling may be signal number one, but my gut feeling may be signal number three, because what happens is intuitive signals, they start very subtle in nature and they they get louder and sometimes they change. And some people attribute to to them getting hit by a car, ending up homeless as the ultimate sign, the ultimate intuitive signal. So if that gut feeling for me is decision, is, is the third signal, that means I've missed two signals. If I've missed two signals, that means I've missed two decisions. Those decisions could be that I just end up with a stub toe or I'm headed towards bankruptcy. I don't know how big those decisions are. All I know is I've ignored my intuition. Um, and it's really looking back at uh, you know w- what were your signals before. And so the other thing that I did is that I really need to figure out, okay, so I've kind of figured this out. I think. So let's go interview a thousand more people, a thousand people to figure out what is this thing called intuition and what do they think about it? What are their signals? And so I found out that there were kind of like three types of people, three groups of people. There was one group of people that absolutely get it. So there's a Buddhist monk and uh, you know, and there's an intuitive channeler and they live their life on intuition. And so they start talking about you know intuition being passed down from generations. Again, it all depends on how far you want to take it. The mm-hmm. second group of people are the ones that use these common terms like um, be in the present moment, uh, I trust my intuition all the time, live in with flow. And so they're talking about it from a very conceptual perspective, but and, and this is not a disrespect to them. They just don't know how complex it is. It's just like driving in a car where they, the the car, they all kind of, you know, you just turn it on and you, and you press the button. But there's a whole bunch of stuff under the the, the hood that's very unique to an Audi versus, a, you know, a Volkswagen versus, a, you know, a General Motors car. And that's mm-hmm. how unique it is. Uh, and so... There was one fellow that I met. His name's Hal Eisenberg, and so he was in the mindset space. He would always talk about mindset, and I would talk about intuition. So it was very natural that we became, you know, colleagues, and we'd go back and forth. And he was in New York, uh, and then he came up to Toronto to see me speak, and that's when I started talking to him about the different intuitive signals, positive and negative, and the four types of intuition. We'll, we'll get which we'll get into, and four intuitive hurdles. And he said, "Huh, you know, I really didn't think about intuition that." that much. And then when he's reflecting, he goes, yeah, you know, there were signals. Right. And so, uh, soon after, uh, maybe a year after that, a year and a half after that, he started getting some signals that he now recognizes as intuition to say, go to the hospital. He was just starting to develop a bit of a cold and he ignored them because remember, we're all talking about trusting our intuition, but we don't live it right. We don't take the steps at recognize signals. He lets it go. And he ends up getting COVID-19 and he's mm-hmm. fighting for his life in a New York hospital. And he gets to a life or death moment where he wants to die. That's how bad it was for him to breathe one breath. And he remembers his intuition being so clear, telling him that you need to come out. You're, you, you're not done. Uh, These are thoughts now filling his head. You're, you need to speak. You need to speak clearly. You need to live your life with flow. These are what is going through his thoughts okay and so he now knows that that was definitely intuition and when he came out of the hospital he now realized the way that he was living he was just talking it he wasn't walking the talk and so he realized that in just some of the things that he described and so five days later he tells me about what happened uh and he was my very first podcast guest for my intuitionology podcast series what a way to start a podcast from a life or death moment um And so that's sort of the second group of people. The third group of people are the ones that don't really understand what it is. Uh, And so one of my first interviewees for the the intuitionology project was a friend of mine named John Rothschild. Now, this is a guy who is an investment banker and at the time that I was doing some research, not the academic research, but if you went online, it was all about manifestation, spirituality. And so to an investment banker who deals with data and spreadsheets for the majority of his of his life, uh, he's just saying, yeah, Sunil, so, you, know, you know what? I'll give you an hour. We're colleagues. Um, we'll talk about intuition for the first five minutes. I don't know what we're going to talk about. And the rest of the time, let's just catch up. I, you know, I haven't seen you for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, fine. Take my video camera. We set up in a boardroom. And I turn the video camera on and so we start talking about intuition. And so he's you can clearly hear him on the video saying, Yeah, you know, I I I don't spiritual, you know, I mean, I'd like to shake the hand of the guy who sees omens. I just don't get it. And when it comes to decisions, business decisions. Yeah, intuition just does not, yeah, it's not there. And he's being kind, mm-hmm. I think.
0: Right. <laughs> right. I'm sure
1: with the cameras are off, so like, what the hell are you talking about, Sunny
0: right? <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: right. But but the camera's on, he's being very nice. And then he says, Intuition's oh, I mean, if you're making decisions in business, it's it's really about data and experience and learning. And I said, Oh, but hold on, John one of the four types of intuition and this is really going to be interesting where I'm going to take a non-believer and we're going to show all the different characteristics of an intuition of intuition from him. So Mm -hmm. the first of the four types is called experiential intuition. So when you're born, it takes all the experiences that you've got good and bad, formal and informal of yours and what others have experienced that you've noticed and it parks it in the subconscious area of your brain and it brings like an iceberg. So 90% is subconscious, 10% conscious. So you have this library of information that's been there since you were born. So when you make a decision, you already have the data, the logic, the rational part of this, the signal that's telling you what the decision is because you've already experienced this before, or you've seen this been experienced. And so it's already there. And in some cases, as I was telling John, sometimes you go against the data, even though you don't know why. And he goes, Oh, well I have it, I have an example like that. So, now we're going to get into something called situational intuition. Mm. So John was in the, in the business of putting in franchise locations and there was a benchmarking system, a nine out of 10 or higher, you get a franchise location and they look like at things like traffic patterns and development of that area. And him and his partner walk into this dilapidated area of Toronto. It was, it was so run down and it was a five and a half out of 10. So there's no way they, there's, they would, there's nowhere close to even putting a franchise location, but they come in there and they're saying something about this place. There's something here. I don't know what it is. And that's situational intuition. Mm -hmm. They put in a franchise location, which ended up being the most popular franchise brand under their whole portfolio called the beer market. Um, And so now he's starting to use the language of intuition a lot more. And so the, one of the last questions I asked him was, John, did you do anything so obtuse that people thought you were nuts? And he says, absolutely. And now he's talking about intuition. And now we're going to get into the third of the four called creative intuition. Creative intuition gets dialed up or down depending upon how creative that decision is. So if it's a mundane decision, uh, like what you're going to eat for lunch, it's pretty low. If we use our zero to hundred, maybe that's a 2%. Uh, but if you're going to make one that's really crazy from other people's perspective then that, you know, you can be high in the percentage when it comes to creative intuition. So this is a guy who's an investment banker, three to $4 million a year, high end restaurants, limousines, uh, you know, private jets. And he wanted to quit to run a tiny bankrupt little restaurant. This is where the fourth type of intuition comes to, called call relational intuition. Everybody who's had their hat hanging on extrinsic motivation, money, how it looks, fame limousines all those people were telling him you're nuts the one person that truly understood how john was as a person what his purposes what mattered to him was his wife relational intuition discards the mass of people who aren't really there for who what he wants in life to listen to the one person who does know what he wants and that's about himself and his wife and he goes to his wife And he just says, this is where the signal comes in now. It just feels right, quote, unquote. And his wife says, yes. He quits, rolls up his sleeve, walks into that tiny bankrupt little restaurant. That restaurant ends up being Eastside Mario's location number one, and over 20 years, he grew that to over a thousand locations, $2 billion in revenues, all because of intuition. That's the power of intuition.
0: Sheesh. I'm going to gotta like slow clap for that one. No, that was, um, I absolutely love hearing the breakdown and more of the scientific side, essentially of yeah. intuition and the way that you explained it was so beautiful and it made so much sense. And it's, I love hearing how there's different level, not necessarily levels, but um, buckets, let's say of intuition yep. Yep. and they can show up in our lives in so many ways. And I love that you say too, whatever you call it, whatever we label it, manifestation, um, affirmation, whatever we call our intuition, it's all the same thing. Yeah. And that's the most exciting part to me at least. And I think that we get so caught up in, okay, cool. Now everybody's like, all right, now I heard about intuition. How do I use it to my advantage? How do I use it to make my life better? And and I believe it starts with awareness, right? Like trusting ourselves, listening to ourselves. But I think that for somebody, like you said, there's different types of people. For somebody who's like, ah, intuition, I don't know about it, Mm -hmm. and is starting to become open to the idea, or is pretty open to it, you know, trusts their gut, but it only happens, let's say, in major situations, Mm -hmm. um, rather than every day every you know hour essentially we're always sort of getting input from something from our gut yep and h- how do we start to cultivate more of that awareness or more of that skill of leveraging our intuition to our advantage This episode is sponsored by 8to8 Collective. Now, 8to8 Collective is a creative agency that's been founded by artists for artists. We aim to amplify the voice of creators by providing resources that make it easier for them to do what they do best, create. We partner with companies and organizations such as Dope Productions, Purple Publishing, CMHX, Solidude, and more, baby, as our goal is to connect like-minded, heart-centered creatives, not only with one another, but with the masses, both online and off, in hopes to help creatives just like yourself, maybe make their passion a career too. So to see what's up or join the collective, head to 828collective.com. That's 828, like the number, collective.com. Back to the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's give you some a bit of caveats before I get into that. So a couple of things. When we're born, uh, we make 6,000 decisions a day. When we're adults, we make up to 32,000 decisions a day, which is backed by research. Um, the other thing is intuition is a subconscious phenomenon that's Yours. It's your subconscious phenomena. It's your intuition. It's your experiences. It's your signals. It's your language. I do nothing but shine a light upon what you already have. It's like me telling you, you have two arms that are unique. I'm going to show you your left arm and I'm going to show you your right arm. Now, you can deny that you have arms, but you've got those arms. That's essentially what I'm trying to do here. So, the easiest thing to do is exactly what John did, because remember, John was a non believer. I got him to tell his own stories. I got him to tell his own experiences. And as I'm educating him and getting him to realize, is that intuition? Now I understand what it is. Now I understand that there's signals. So even if you don't want to know what the four are, uh, you've got these signals that are positive and negative. And the more you reflect on, uh, w- and you need to reflect in places where the noise is cut out. And so I have a seven-day challenge, which is free, by the way, on my website. And what I do, even before, you don't even have to know who I am at all. If you go to intuitionology.com and get to the the seven-day challenge, what I do is I take your components of your intuition to solve a problem that you have. And the first thing you do is you reflect back to what didn't work. What didn't work and why it didn't work and what were the signals, what did you feel at that moment and write those signals down. And the more you reflect, Remember, you want to get down to decision number one, not decision number three. So, if you heard a loud one, great. What were the other two? And you keep chipping away at those negative signals. Once you've got the negative signals, the next thing you know is the next thing you do is figure out what your positive signals are. And this this process is very important because when you're thinking about the decisions that you need to make to solve your problem, you need to know what your negative signals are first. Because if you're thinking about a a, a particular thing that you're planning to do and a negative signal comes up, then you need to say, oh, hold on. Now my intuition is saying, don't do what I picked for path number three or step number three. I got to take that out because now if you kept it in, now you're making a bad decision in, that, in the five-step process. Maybe there's five steps to solve your problem. Once you have that, then you figure out who in your circle is going to help you with that problem specifically it doesn't have to be your best friend it could be a mentor it doesn't matter for that problem who's going to solve it strip everybody else away because you only listen to the person that's going to help you solve that problem with the right intention there's no other intentions around it and then what environment do you change and then you take action in seven days you do that and what i do is i measure your intuitive strength at the start and at the end, and I've had over 54,000 people now through the, the seven day challenge, 100% of the time, their strength has increased either a little bit or a, by a lot. I don't really care. Um, and I have two case studies of people who went through the seven day challenge, actually go through this, the challenge with you for each task and the decisions they made. One is someone who was selling his house and used the seven day challenge. And he started almost getting into $20,000 under asking price. And after seven days, he had a bidding war, ended up settling, settling on $50,000 over asking price. That's an average of $10,000 a day in profit that he made in seven days. The second person who go, went through it is Ashley Michelle. She was a witness to a homicide. She actually walked into an apartment where her boyfriend had just murdered one of their friends. He locked the door behind her, put a knife to her back and said, she's next. Her intuition calmed down. Had she gotten emotional, she would be dead. Uh she strangled her, uh, uh, choked her, broke her blood vessels, uh, assaulted her, asked her to clean up the blood, which she refused. Uh, and there was an intuitive moment that she had that got, him, that got her to run, open the doors, run down 18 flights of stairs, and finally call 911. She suffered a lot from PTSD, depression, anxiety, and trusting people, frankly. Uh, and she used the seven-day challenge to minimize that. The challenge is not going to help her. It's a long-term process. But what she learned after the seven days is that she can go back to the gym and find the, what I call an intuitive medium, that place that you can actually reflect to think about the thoughts. And in the seven-day challenge, you get you get to find out what your intuitive medium is because that's where you think about the steps that you have. So the same process she goes through is the same process that everyone else goes through. And then she ended up taking the steps to try and find how to trust people again. So what I say is that if, the, if those two kind of people, those are the two types of people that can go through and find success, Mm-hmm. so can you.
0: right? And,
1: and so, and that's seven step processes. And, and, and I spent 10,000, over 10,000 hours to develop that exact process in that step, in those ways um, to get you to solve that problem. Once you have that template, then you can solve whatever problem that you want. Mm-hmm. And then, and then obviously if you want to work with me further on other areas of your life um, and then we have also these four intuitive hurdles and then that's where I, I use an accelerator program and take groups of people through to get rid of their intuitive hurdles um, and, uh, because these are the hurdles that really kind of attack your signals. And so the reason why these hurdles are so effective is that when we're not trusting our intuition, we lose our sense of purpose. We lose our sense of values. We don't trust ourselves to make that decision. And in some cases we put the trust in other people or in society. And so just like I, I became that engineer, uh, I didn't want to do that. Society wanted to do that. My dad wanted me to do that. And, I, and my, I left my values to him. He had the power over my own values. And then I wasted three years of my life. And there's a thing that when we make bad decisions, it's called opportunity cost. It's not just the three years that I wasted uh, doing engineering. What about the three years that I could have had an entrepreneurial venture? So my opportunity cost was two times my wasted time, effort, and, and in my case, money. And so that's all called the opportunity cost of making a bad decision. And so when we when we are prey to these hurdles, and there's four of them. Um, one is called ego, and ego is your own sense of ego, narcissism, or following the herd. You're part of a group that you know goes against your values, but you feel so good because maybe they're connected to someone famous, or they have a brand, or they're the they're, they're the clique, or they or. I feel cool being with them. Uh, But your intuition knows you should be moving away from that group or that person, whoever. And so intuition is a really good filter to not let people like that into your inner circle. So you can be who you are. Um, The other one is called just being too emotional. And so relationships were like that. And we give the power to the other person and we stay in that, uh, in that relationship too much, too rational, being too rational. So again, societal rules, you know, getting the logic, self-talk, talking yourself, out of a situation, and the biggest one is fear: fear of change, fear of unknown, fear of failure, um, and so many people follow, follow fear. Now, remember, the science shows that intuition hits the amygdala, which is the, the primitive part of our brain. So it's it's yes or no; it's binary. So when we talk about fear, there's the fear that you're going to be eaten by a saber tooth tiger. Or it's the fear that you know intuition is telling you to go that way. And you know because you've done the homework on your positive intuitive signal that feels like the dots are connecting. But oh my God, how can I? What are people going to think? I can't do that. I've never done that before. That's crap. The whole reason why you got that positive in signal because you have had that experience before. You have the strength in you to move in that direction. You can take the first step. And what you have to do is you continue to take that step again and again and again, it becomes easier. One of the greatest stories I have, when I share this example is, and there's an intuitive moment that you have to either make that decision or not, is a colleague of mine, David Dane, who has cerebral palsy. He's been in his wheelchair all his life. One of his absolute dreams was to just go on a beach and to just be able to someone hold him up because he can't stand and just have the sand go through his toes, feel the sand in the ocean water. And so he got that chance. And so they were on a, a, a holiday, on a vacation, and his friends wheeled him up to the front uh, of the, where the beach met the sand, or the water met the sand. And he gets up and he falls flat on his face. And he told me, Sunil, I have one of two things I can do at this moment. The first thing is I can succumb to fear and sit back in that wheelchair and forever regret that I was never able to reach the dream that I so wanted to have, which can become a reality. Or I can trust my intuition. I can get myself up again and I can take another step and I can take another step and I can take another step. And pretty soon he points to his neck and he says, the water got up to here. And that's when he turned around. And when he turned around, he had not realized how far he had come. That's how you operate in the moment, in the present moment, trusting your intuition. You don't worry about, yes, you're going to have goals and signposts. And you want to reach all these things from an intrinsic perspective, not because it's extrinsic. You go in a big house, a car and a brand. I mean, it's okay if that's a symbol for your success intrinsically, but you'll know whether you're doing that for yourself or you're, you're knowing it because you want other people to look at you saying, yeah, that's successful. You'll know that. You don't have to tell me that because you, your intuition, already, you already know that. I mean, it's, it's instinctual. It's, it's in your primitive brain. But when you operate life like that and you take those steps one by one, you overcome whatever obstacles you can and you reach whatever goal you want. And then you have a purpose. That's trusting intuition with your signals. And everybody can do that.
0: Yeah, that's so powerful. I absolutely love that. And and it's, like you said, it's intrinsic, right? Yeah. There's, it's comes from within and, and that affects everything out. Absolutely. And you keep mentioning, and I'm so fascinated by signals, right? Because yeah. that's the one thing that we can pay attention to, to then seek whatever answer or insight that we're trying to reach or was trying to coming to us. There's you mentioned sort of one, two, three signals. You mentioned, you know, you, you maybe missed one or two and then you realized the third signal. Can you explain a little bit more about what you mean by that and yeah. how we know that, Oh, you know, we, we missed a couple signals. What does that mean?
1: Yeah. So the signals are, uh, sometimes we gravitate to the common language of signals, such as the gut uh, or the voice, or that now I've given a couple with the with the the hairs in the back and the gut feeling and flow and the dots connecting. These are signals that are unique to me, and these and so for example, the flow and the dots connecting, I know for me are the first signals. So if I'm thinking about something marketing wise or my personal life, I'll look to how it feels. and if it feels like it's like just there's no resistance. Then i know that my intuition is saying yes the, you're thinking the right thoughts and i'll even go to i'll map out the next steps uh, and say yep 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 oh i'm getting some resistance when i think that thought okay let's back up uh conceptually right and so and i'll do this when i'm daydreaming um in the shower just before i go to bed i wake up in the middle of the night with marketing decisions um and that's how it, it, it is. And the more I spend time reflecting back on the decisions I've made, I reflect a lot, and I think everybody does. Instead of reflecting on what had happened, good and bad, and putting a smile to our face or you know beating ourselves up, forget that. I mean, it's already – it's happened. What it has done is it's informed your intuition, both good and bad, to know, okay, we know what you went through. I've given you a signal already that you shouldn't have. So what's that signal? And when you pay attention to that signal, when that, that bad type of uh, decision comes up again that you're about to make or something similar in nature that's bad or something bad in general, that is one of your inventory of signals that comes up. And then you're saying, oh, yeah, when I was 14, I remember that signal. Now, these are internal thoughts. And now you've mapped it out. You know, that signal's coming up again. That means there's something up with this decision that I'm about to make. And that's why we have to dig really deep into figuring out what our unique individual signals are. It doesn't, we can still have that flow we can still have the hairs on the back of our neck. We just have to know at what point do those things come up for us? And it's really looking back to those whispers or the ones, the negative ones are the more important ones, because those are the ones that are going to start to nag you or warn you or something's off. Mm, We've all had that feeling. And so that's why picking up on those signals is really, really important. And in some cases, some people have actually hit rock bottom. Uh, to To actually appreciate what intuition is or those signals. Uh, and beca- and the thing with intuition is it's always on. It's always shining a light. It's never wrong. You just haven't looked up. And so there's a, someone I interviewed, Sarah Prout. And so this was someone in an abusive marriage, 10 years, 40 instances of abuse. And this was December 31st. They were arguing, her her and her, uh, uh, her partner were arguing about a movie. She knew that if she continued to argue there's going to be something physical. She just goes out and she gets the signal, looks at the stars and she basically gets this thought, now, now, get out now. And it was just that loud for her. It was just, it just was so sure. She had to leave, she left. Um, She was on welfare. She was $30,000 in debt. Two kids, no homeless, walks out of that place, trusts her intuition. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. Picking up furniture on the side of the street, going to public washrooms and putting soap pieces together so that she could bring them home for her kids to to take a clean bath or a shower. And she just trusts her intuition. Six years later, she meets the love of her life on Twitter, and they get married, and she's running a multimillion dollar business manifestation. Now, I'm not saying that when you trust your intuition, you're gonna become a multimillionaire. What I'm saying is that she that's not what she wanted looking for. She was looking for please make me find the opportunities the, let the, our doors of opportunity start opening up and she trusted one door after another, after another. And that's what happened. And so that's what you need to do to really kind of trust your intuition is really, really, you know, it, 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 it find like now before you hit rock bottom, do it now yeah. uh, because you don't want to get there. And unfortunately, like when I started my podcast series, the first question I used to always ask is when did intuition affect your life? and 100% of the time, it was a negative situation. In fact, one, she didn't want to come on and, and uh, she was just really jittery. And I said, If you're jittery, don't worry about it. Uh, don't, don't look at the film crew, look at me. And so I started with that question When does intuition impact your life? And she goes, ah, ah, You know, I ignored my intuition. I was sexually assaulted. And the next 45 minutes, we go into all the markers that were telling her right from the instance that some guy came to her for advice. She knew. She shouldn't have, and she ignored one thing after another after another. And this was a she was a IFBB, uh, IFBB pro athlete. She was strong, and that didn't matter. He overpowered her, and um, and so I couldn't reveal her identity, obviously, because they're going through the court system. But um, it's a powerful reminder of what happens. Um, and it, again, it's not something that's vocal. You don't have to you know, put a white flag and say, I'm trusting my intuition. These are personal thoughts. Everybody's had their ups and downs. Uh, I'm just telling you to get educated before the downs are real downs. Like just stop now so that everything can just start going up. And then educate other, other people on it. You know, start getting other people involved. Start talking to your friends. And when you, and when you operate life like that, you start to attract other people like that. And mm-hmm. when you repel other people, they don't understand what you're doing. Excellent, because that's a great self selection process. And if, if somebody doesn't want to be with me for who I am, not yes people, people who are going to support me with good criticism, be there in the ups and the downs. Mm-hmm. That's who I want around me. And fortunately for me, I've met thousands of people as everybody else has in their lives. I have two. Two people, and that's all I need. Because those two people fill my life with—they support my purpose. I can go to them, and I know—I I intuitively know that they're always thinking the best for me. Whether they agree with me or not on certain t- topics or issues doesn't matter. And that's how you filter your relationships, so that you uh, that you create a bubble of support. And if there are others that don't want to be on it, I always say, uh, "This is the train. This is my path, and this is how fast my train is going." If you don't like it, get off at the next station. And if you continue to bother me, I'll push you out. <laughs> and for me, I'm very black and white.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very black and white. I, I, intuition already gives people second chances. I don't give a third chance.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Man, that, what a beautiful way to wrap everything up and, and on a positive note too. And, and a powerful, empowering one. And I just found myself here being uh, having like absorptive listening. And Amazing. usually I'm, I'm firing with questions in my head and everything. And I was just like, whoa. So <laughs> thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it because no intuition problem. is one of those things where I'm so fascinated by. And I do feel like I've had a strong connection ever since I was a kid. I did not explain it, you know, as yep. you were saying. But over time, connecting the dots, looking back and going, Wow. It, it's a, it is a strong signals and understanding your signals is very exciting. And so to be able to share that with other people and say, Hey, these are the doors that you can potentially walk through if you're interested in. Yeah that's really exciting. So thank you for that. Where can people find you? I'm definitely going to uh, link that seven day challenge. I encourage everybody who's listening to take that. I'm probably going to hop in there and take it myself, which is cool. Um, So I'll link that. But if somebody wants to work with you, chat with you, ask you questions, where can they connect?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on all the social channels, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, I'm going to take a stab at TikTok, but not dance because I'm sure people's intuition is going to say I'm not following him, <laughs> um, so uh, and then they can DM me there. There's mm-hmm. at, at Uh They can contact me there, uh, and yeah, they can go to Intuitionology.com and um, and they'll get a free copy of my ebook as well. So once they go through the seven day challenge, uh, Gut is is a free ebook as 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 a guide that they can can constantly go. Go through, and um, and if they want to work with me more after the seven day challenge, there's another course they can take that shows them how to use their intuition in relationships, career, and in their health, specifically with worksheets and tools and techniques and my advice. And then I have an accelerator program where in five days we basically do everything to shut down those four hurdles by looking at your own values and your own purpose. And in five days we're able to do that. And I've had hundreds of people go through that, um, and that way you don't allow those hurdles to ever affect you again.
0: Amazing. Absolutely incredible. Well, anybody who's listening, go check out Sunil. Follow him. At least ask him some sort of question and absolutely <laughs> be involved in his life. So I really appreciate it. And I'm sure this will not be our last conversation. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Letting It All Hang Out. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed it and learned a thing or two. I definitely know that I did. And I'd love to hear thoughts and start a conversation with you. So feel free to send me a voice message right here on Anchor. Or you can message me on any of my social media platforms at Haley Kalani. Much love to you all. Until next time, stay well.